Welcome to Katie Squared, Keep Talking, a podcast where two Katies get together weekly to discuss social, cultural, and spiritual issues. Hear from some of our real-life friends on ways they've tackled and overcome these issues with the help of Jesus. Dive deeper by joining in with our book of the month, then take what you hear back to your own people and keep talking about it. Okay, friends, we're back with a new book of the month, Next Right Thing by Emily P. Freeman, and we're going to jump in with some questions to get you thinking and get us thinking about our next right thing. So, Katie, do you have a next right thing in your life, something that feels right, you're maybe already doing, or something that you're praying about doing? What's, what's that thing you're tackling? I think the thing right now that I'm tackling might be twofold. I, I decided to homeschool my daughter. Brave move. It, <laughs> you can call it that, sure. <laughs> it's something I've always wanted to do, but then the pandemic kind of really solidified mm-hmm. my decision. And that has directly affected my phone use. Mm. And in the very first chapter, uh, or maybe it's the second chapter, about becoming a sole minimalist, um, yeah. I'm in the next right thing, she quotes Andy Crouch, um, who's the author of the TechWise family, and he follows this rule. It's it's an hour a day, a day a week, and a week a year without technology. Mm. And so I've always kind of had, a, if you could ever really truly love something and then also completely hate it at the same yeah. time, that is how I feel about technology. Now, I'm not here to debate technology yeah. or anything like that, but that's just my personal mm-hmm. experience with it. And so I've... I, I've always turned off notifications on my phone. I don't have any of those. I I try really hard not to have social media on my phone. I don't have it on my phone right now. I recently took out, out, out off my email because I realized it was just this weird thing that I would just randomly open my phone and check my email. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the reality. No one emails me. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's like every... Every, you know, coupon for everything in the world that you could ever want. Flash sales you might miss out on. Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. the things that you absolutely need that Mm -hmm. are essential for survival. Mm -hmm. And so I realized this is, like, just not, this is not healthy, this is not good. And then always tried to kind of have some some parameters with my girls, with technology. Uh, But when they see you on it and they're like, well, if you have it, why can't I have it? And you're like, ah, dang. Okay, here it is. So... Mm -hmm. So there I was. It's been uh, it's been challenging in a lot of ways, but it's been good in a lot of ways. But it's interesting. I still find myself opening, like going and opening my phone, mm-hmm. looking for something. Yeah. And and I don't. It's a very strange, strange thing. And so that that pathway in my brain is very deep, mm-hmm. and it's definitely going to take some time to rewire that but the crazy thing is you and I are living in like we are of the age where we remember life without oh this. yes you know no text messaging in high right. school yep yeah mm-hmm. the, the generation a- like after us no they idea. will not remember that I mean yeah. I remember not having internet yeah you know yep yeah. me too and the dial up yes yeah. And trying to date when you actually had to call somebody. Right. And you had to probably talk to their sibling or their parent yes. before you got them. Oh, and I always yes. prayed it wasn't my brother who picked up the phone. <laughs> yes. Well, those are two really big, lofty goals, homeschool and less technology. Hmm. I can totally agree with the less technology. That's something that I actually tackled over the last year is just to not, to intentionally not sit with my phone at night. 
to do something else, picked up cross-stitching and some other 90-year-old hobbies. Well, I have been the recipient of one of those, and you're very talented. Oh, thanks. It's it's cheaper than therapy. So I have a thing, and it's, it's a new vocation. So it's stepping into a ministry role after taking a season off work. Um, and this is new to me because I've never worked in ministry. So I could get really overwhelmed looking at, like, the five-year well, plan. you've been in ministry. Yeah, just, you've just not, never worked in ministry. Not worked. I've never been paid for <laughs> for doing ministry, which you think, like, oh, great, you're paid. But now it's, like, a whole nother level of pressure. I could be fired. So that's kind of my – if I got – if I looked down the five-year path and all that I hope to accomplish, much the same as you probably looking at homeschooling, like, in five years, will she be on level doing all the things she's supposed to be doing? Uh, it can get overwhelming. Please, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the beauty of this next right thing philosophy, which is not – it's not an Emily P. Freeman thing. She says that routinely on her podcast. It's a Elsa and Anna thing in Frozen 2. It's an AA thing. Um, it's Mother just Teresa. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a common next step, next right thing. She gives us some practical tips and tools on how to do that. And each of her chapters uh, have some interesting questions. So in the first – one of the first chapters – she tells you to ask, like, does it feel too far off, too many steps away, and unattainable? Like, how attainable is your goal? Does it feel overwhelming? And it's not to deter you from having a goal that's unattainable. It's to help you understand you don't need to look that far off, right. basically. Right. But, yeah. You have to eat the elephant one bite at a time. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you you can't think about her senior year of high school. Right. You have to think about kindergarten. Yeah. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. I do. I find myself thinking, like, oh, no. Like, what if... I wouldn't say that I fall into the camp of, like, it's homeschool or bust, like, there's mm-hmm. nothing else. But what if something what if something happened, or what if her season of life changed, or what if just life was different and she needed to, to transition into public school? Would she be, you know, on level? Mm-hmm. Would, would it work? Would it mm-hmm. be okay? And so, I, I, yeah, I definitely, I worry about those things. And then you, you know... You you hear or you research what other moms are doing and try to kind of glean some information and some things from them. That's great, mm-hmm. except it just completely kind of erodes like any sort of confidence you have Absolutely. in what you're doing because you're mm-hmm. like, oh crap, I'm not doing all the things yeah. that they're doing. I'm literally, honestly, someone told me at this age, teach your kid to read. Yeah, just teach Basics. your kid to read Basics. and do math, and then play, play, yeah. play, 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 play. And so trying to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. When you do want to, you're thinking, okay, is she going to be prepared for AP Chem, you know, her senior year of high school? I, I don't know why I go there, but I do. Yeah. Keeps you up at night. Yep. Sure does. Yeah. Keeps yeah. you up at night. I, yeah. I mean, you can, I do the same thing. My kids are in public school and I have the same, the same fears. Yeah, so we absolutely. can relate on that. And the same thing. I look down the road, you know, how many... How many women are going to come to know Jesus as a result of the ministry? Evangelism isn't my thing. You know, like I, I share the gospel through my actions and being bold is not, has not been my thing. So, you know, it feels like a lot of pressure to think like how many women will truly come to know Jesus as a result of this ministry. But thankfully, I don't have to do it on my own. He'll do so, it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. a lot of other support. Um, and basically what you're getting from this is don't think to the five-year mark. Right. Right. If you think there, you'll go crazy. Absolutely. And that shouldn't stop you from something that you know passionately in your heart that you wanted to do this. Sure. You wanted to homeschool. I knew that God was calling me to do this. You knew God was calling you to do that. We have to just trust that. I think, too, what I've learned just in the past few years of our life, well, I, Daniel and I have been married for 12 years. And what I love about him so much is, like, his just passion and 
he just he has this like tenacity to go after things. And, and I, I so appreciate that. But what we've learned through that and kind of like making sure that that is in, going in the right direction is sometimes you can be so focused on the horizon that you miss what's right in front of your mm-hmm. face. And I think that she it, it talks a little bit to that in terms of, you know, the thing that's right in front of your face, the next right thing that you mm-hmm. need to be doing, that's what you need to focus on. Mm-hmm. And God's going to provide the steps for yeah. everything after that. Yes. Um, and sometimes that's it's hard, especially when you're walking in faith and you have no idea what those steps look like. Well, and one of the things I love she said is think of that thing. So you've got it. You've got homeschooling. I've got this stepping into ministry. You've also got giving up your phone. You have big goals. I have little ones. <laughs> no. <laughs> and she says, now hold that thing, whatever it is, in your mind. So you two listening, hold that thing in your mind. Pay attention to your body and your soul. And one of you is Emily P. Freeman. Yes. So there you go. We like to think so. <laughs> Okay, pay attention to your body and your soul when you hold that thing in your mind. Does it rise or does it fall? Does it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes I fluctuate between wanting to throw up. Sure. (laughs) But for the most part, I can say it rises. Yeah, I think it it rises, but at the same time, it terrifies me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important to to verbalize because I think most big things are going to do that. They're going to have that effect. For sure. They are. One of the things that I love about Emily Freeman is her mantra is create space for your soul to breathe. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we talk about our soul enough, actually. I mean, it's a real thing. Yeah. So she gives some practical tips to create soul or create space for your soul to breathe. One of them is to allow yourself to be a beginner. So, yeah, Katie, you don't have to compare to high school, homeschool moms. (laughs) I've been doing it for 12 years. Definitely a beginner in this area. Yep, you have to be a beginner. Yeah, totally a beginner. And then this I really loved. I think this is something that if you're listening, you can hit pause and think about this yourself too. But look back at the last season of your life, before you started this thing, before you jumped into this. Was the last season of your life life draining or life giving? Did it draw you closer to God or away from God? Yeah, that's a... It's a deep one and a tough one. So, yeah, the last couple years of my life have been wonderful, but they've been a little bit crazy for sure. Just different things in our life that have led to being in a kind of a constant state of transition Mm -hmm. for a while. And so living in, we called it living in the in-between and really trying to find, the reality is is that we're all living in the Mm in-between, right? And so we we have hope for what's to come Mm -hmm. through Christ we know that, that he is victorious over sin and death, but mm-hmm. we're in this in between. And when I was able to kind of reframe that in my mind in terms of like, hey, I I say I'm living in the in-between. The in-between is where all the stuff happens. Yeah, that's, that's where that's life where, happens. That's where life happens. Mm-hmm. And so in a lot of ways, the last season was draining emotionally and physically, but it was not draining spiritually mm-hmm. because I had to completely rely on God for everything. And when I felt like I was drowning, um, Emily P. Freeman is the one who introduced me to James Bryan Smith and something that he says, the kingdom of God is not in trouble and neither am I. Mm-hmm. I would cling to that because I would feel like, you know, we're in ministry. And so sometimes you just, you, you get into these places where you feel like it somehow depends on you. And the reality is it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. God doesn't need us. Yeah. That's the reality. In his beautiful and, and loving kindness and grace, 
he allows us to do these things, equips us because we are ill-equipped. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it's been a, a wild ride, but I, I do think it, it's been both. Mm-hmm. To answer your question. I think it often is. I mean, I could say that too. I'm coming out of a season of being a stay-at-home mom after a 13-year career and then now stepping back into some a new type of work. But during that season, it was both also. There were definitely life-giving moments, and then there were moments where I just felt like I had kind of lost some identity because I didn't have a lot of purpose outside of, I mean, I'm like a doer. I'm always doing something. And so I'd be doing something. But without that gratification of somebody, you know, telling you you've done a good job, which was something God needed me to learn before stepping into this role too, because this isn't always going to be about me doing a good job. This is going to be about God moving. That was certainly, it drew me closer to him, but it took a toll on me emotionally too. You know, dealing without, you know, all the, compliments and praises of man which they're not what we should live for anyway but it was it was a challenging challenging season so now you got to quit something to start something Mm -hmm. so what did you have to quit you're talking you talked a little bit about giving up some time on your phone but is there anything else you had to quit to start homeschooling and to start doing that yeah, my kind of my day to day changed a, a lot. So I'm a hairstylist by trade, and left I would what I would call a pretty successful mm-hmm. career after I had my my second daughter. And so I I shifted from kind of working a twenty hour work week to uh, working one day a week. Mm-hmm. And then when I decided to homeschool, uh, that just wasn't an option anymore. Mm-hmm. So my daughter kind of does some hybrid things. I mean, we're we are a home we're homeschooling, but she takes some classes. And so there's a lot of driving here and there. And then my three-year-old is in, is in preschool. So mm-hmm. we spend a decent amount of time in the car doing mm-hmm. all of the things. Mm-hmm. And so it just was not working. At least just one day a week was not an option anymore. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of let some clients go that my schedule didn't fit theirs anymore. And I, I work one day a month now just so that I can still keep my skills mm-hmm. up should I ever need them full time again. And yeah, so that was hard. Yeah. It was very hard because I, it for me, it's a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. It's good, good or bad, for better or for worse. It is something that is is such a part of me that it, it does, when I'm doing it, I feel the most myself. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to let that go a little bit and mm-hmm. really kind of accept that that was a thing, allow God to remind me that that's not who I am yeah. and and really release it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. My quit something is something I love, too. It was writing. So when I was staying at home, I would write a couple hours a day. And that's just something that my creative juices are gone when I get home. <laughs> my ability to pour out pour wisdom, them out. <laughs> to give anybody any kind of advice is dried up. So for this season, I just had, it's fine. I had same thing. I had to kind of wrestle that with God and say like, okay, if I'm going to step into this, this is going to wait and I'm going to trust it in your timing. I pick it back up and Absolutely. by that time have new experiences to write about. So I think it's awesome that we didn't prepare this ahead of time. That we both had to give up something we actually love. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we just picked the easy thing. No. Like I could pick up like not doing, I could have picked not doing my laundry ever again. Oh, or um, unloading the dishwasher. Yeah, just, you know, something that, or my house not having to be cleaned all the time, and which it's not. But the days it is. Um, I could have given one of those things up, but I knew that that wasn't, that wasn't going to be the right amount of time and the right amount of, free the right amount of 
mental and soul space to be able to really do this well. Yeah. So I love, there's a chapter that says, Stop Collecting Gurus. I loved it. It's my, it was my favorite chapter. Take inventory when anxiety starts. So I would fill my social media feed with all these people doing women's ministry, mm-hmm. whether they were writers or speakers or, you know, Beth Moores and um, Annie Downs and all these people. And every time I'd scroll my feed, I would feel anxiety because I was comparing myself. I was doing the same thing you were talking about with homeschool moms. I would look and I'd... And I, I thought I'm following all these people for the right reasons. Like, I'm going to look at how they're doing this, and I'm going to model mine after theirs and, mm-hmm. you know, garnish good wisdom sure. from them. And I'm going to subscribe to this newsletter and take this online course and read this book. And then eventually you have way too much going on, yeah. way too much mm-hmm. to compare. So when she says stop collecting your gurus, it's stop giving yourself all these people to to idolize and mm-hmm. worship and look yeah. up to and take the place of God just – letting you do your thing and you do you. I'm sure you have more practical ones in your real life. It's a little harder with your example to be like, we can't be friends because you're homeschooling a 10th grader and you're killing it. <laughs> no, I think the the guru thing is hard because I, I do think instead of going to Jesus right away, we oftentimes like we want to go to someone who's right in front of our face or we want to go to social media because it gives us that instant fix of, like, okay, they're going to give me some answers, mm-hmm. or that's what we're looking for. But in the end, all you take away is more anxiety. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. is more comparison. Yeah. It's more. And, and to her point about becoming a, a soul minimalist, we are so, uh, we've equated, like, every minute has to be filled. And we've equated that to a successful life. Mm-hmm. Everything's, we got to be going mm-hmm. all the time. My mind's got to be going all the time. I've got to be doing mm-hmm. something. But, that actually just leaves no space for God. And one of my favorite uh, pastors and authors, Irwin McManus, he says, um, you know, God still does miracles, mm-hmm. but we live such small lives that we don't give God space mm-hmm. to do miracles. And for me, that that space for giving God space to do miracles, um, it's all in my head. Yeah. I don't give God space mm-hmm. to do that. I don't, I don't unplug long enough, create enough time, create enough margin. I have it, right? Mm-hmm. There's like 168 hours in a week when you like lay that out, like how many hours you sleep, mm-hmm. how much time you spend, you know, Everything. eating, whatever. <laughs> I, I feel like I spend 168 hours yeah. folding laundry, yeah. mm-hmm. but you know, there's time. Mm-hmm. But instead I, I have created this pathway where I pick up my phone mm-hmm. and I just think that we put ourselves on this merry-go-round, yeah. around and around. And mm-hmm. then we come back to our work and we're like, okay, I went to that guru hoping yeah. I'd get something and I came back with. Depressed. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Anxious. Yep. And now I can't think about anything. I'm paralyzed. Absolutely. Can't do any paralyzed. of it. Yeah. 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 And then, okay, so another top. We're shifting through topics pretty quickly here, but we only have so much time. But then another topic she talked about, which I loved, and you're actually this for me in some oh, ways. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's find a no mentor. So not necessarily oh, yes. that you're... <laughs> I will stand on this mountain. <laughs> someone who will be able to help you say no. But I'm going to take it a step further than she does in the book and say someone who will also help you see the hard things. So, like, I can say something out of humility or out of caring for somebody else's needs or people-pleasing or for the wrong reasons, and you will say back to me, no. <laughs> in a good way. Like, don't let that stop you from doing that. So you all need a no mentor in your life that can tell you when it's okay to say no and kind of just 
be that that voice in your head that reasons like this is why you can't say yes to that or Mm -hmm. this is why you know you can't it's good to consider other people's feelings but this is why you can't in that situation and well, I'm glad that I, I'm that for you. <laughs> I'm honored. Yeah, well, honored. it helps that you've done ministry a little longer than me, so. <laughs> well, it, it's a, I don't know if, if it's that. I just think that before I learned to say no to, to different things or just to say no to, like, my own thoughts that were just wrong mm-hmm. and incorrect and didn't honor God and weren't from God, mm-hmm. um, I was I was a yes person mm-hmm. through and through. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one. It is. Yeah, it is to tell yourself no or to tell someone yeah. else no. It's hard. It's hard to tell yourself or to hear no. no even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're gonna end on um, kind of my favorite phrase, and I actually, in my own book, I wrote a chapter that was very similar to this. Be where you are right now, and if your pants are tight, throw them out and embrace your fat pants. So she talks in here about one day she's going through the house, and she's doing something, and she just doesn't feel good, and she's off and all these things, and then she stops and, like, takes an inventory of her whole body, and she's like, what is it? And she's like, my pants are too tight. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to shove myself into these pants because they have a number in them that I'm trying to That's hit this crazy. goal, yeah. and instead I am miserable walking around my house with tight pants yeah. on. So take your tight pants off. Yes, take your tight <laughs> pants off. Embrace them. I My chapter was called That Time I Was Fat. And it was just to say, like, you can't have it all. You know, you have to be – it's just reiterating all the same topics in here. You have to be willing to give up some things in order to take other things. And you have to kind of do that. Like, just stop and from head to toe take inventory. Like, what is it today that has me off? Mm-hmm. What is it that's got me – out of sorts and if it's something as simple as changing your pants go change your darn pants don't worry about the number that's inside of them (laughs) i actually cut out all of the tags in my clothes that's very smart yeah i do that's very smart it's been a trigger for me for years i don't i haven't been on a scale i anytime i go to the doctor i i weigh myself backwards Mm. and i ask them not to show me Mm -hmm. it's just been a thing for me for years but yeah i cut them out i don't want to and it's true though if if your if your pants are tight, everything else feels awful. It does, yeah. So. But there's things that she says do that to your soul too. So Absolutely. you can do that same kind of inventory to give your your yeah. your soul space to breathe. Mm-hmm. Like take that inventory. What is it that is just crippling me? What is it that's suffocating me? What yeah. is it that's? I often have to go back and ask myself, like, when was the last time that I was in in a room alone with Jesus? Mm. You know, and yeah. and if I can't really remember, mm-hmm. like recall exactly what I read or what I was doing or mm-hmm. what I was praying about or just sitting there in silence, like just being with the presence of God because mm-hmm. He's everywhere, right? If I can't really recall that, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah, Take that is my, a good challenge. Off. That is a good pants, challenge. So, yeah. So, Katie, what's your next right thing? What do you think your next right thing is? Oh gosh. Yeah, I think I still, like we talked about with social media, I'm not, I don't have it on my phone, I'm, and I just took my email off my phone, so I still find myself going to, like, check my email, and it's super weird. So, yeah, I'm moving to the next phase of that. Mm-hmm. So, one, I would say I'm one hour a, a day without a, a phone, mm-hmm. but I'm going to one day a week without mm-hmm. that, and then I'm eventually going to go to one week a year. I'm not sure how that's going to work yet. I'm working on that one. <laughs> but my, my next right thing is one day a week. Very practical. Very, very, practical. very simple. Yeah. We'll see how, how 
that goes. I'll report back next time. Yeah, that's great. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna have that goal yet. <laughs> hey, it may I'll not work for I, you though. I mean, it's on okay. Sundays, it's I already okay. pretty much do that because sure. I'm in my home with everyone that I need to be with. Mine is super practical. It's just like work through my list. So I'm a list maker, and she says in here like lists are good, but lists in the in this ministry workspace. I tend to get ahead of myself. I'm planning something that's a year and a half away instead of working on what's due on Monday. So just tackling my to-do list. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to dream and have those other ideas floating around in my head and maybe do some of that in my own time. But in my, you know, work time, just like stay on task and do my my one thing after another. Because there's a reason I wrote them on a list because they need to be done and they're prioritized by when they need to be done. So just tackling that one at a time. Before we ask our last question of who we talked to on the phone, my favorite quote was, it's actually a Dallas Willard quote, and I think it's just a great place to end. Never believe anything bad about God. Mm -hmm. So when you're putting on your tight pants and your soul is crippling and you're letting your mind go to the five years and all the negative things, what you're actually doing is you're believing something bad about God. Yeah, you're believing he can't. So that one get quote you there. is the probably one of God used that to to save my faith. I would say mm. there was a time in my life um, quite a few years ago when I was really wrestling with some different things and just really believing bad things about God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and somehow I through my husband stumbled on Dallas Willard and. Aside from the Bible, which has been the most life-giving book mm-hmm. in my life, the works of Dallas Willard mm-hmm. have helped really, like, form and shape my faith. Mm-hmm. And that that's crazy. That's that, crazy. I, I, I had didn't no know idea that. that you were even going to say that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. That's awesome. I love that. All right, Katie, who's the last person you talked to on the phone? I talked to Bob, my accountant. Oh, that today. is so spicy. Really nice guy. <laughs> Highly recommend him if you're in the Phoenix area. <laughs> he was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm the, not the ideal client for that. So it's, uh, what are we in October? It's yeah. October. And he's just now filing our taxes because oh, we filed good. an extension. Yeah. Because they were due in April and they weren't due in April mm-hmm. and they were due in July. Oh, yeah. yeah well, so, this is this you know. year. Come on. All bets oh, are off this year. <laughs> I wish I could say it wasn't like this every year, but it is. We're going to give you the 2020 <laughs> grace on that. Yeah. So who did you talk to? Well, I tried to call my husband to bring me down a key so we could break into your husband's <laughs> office, and he sent me to voicemail. So <laughs> Let's just say it was because all the metal in the building, he it didn't was. get the phone it call. Was. I got a text back. I'm on a call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He knew I was safe. I was here in the building. But yeah, that was the last call. And then actually, funny enough, prior to that, it was you this afternoon. There you go. So we were podcast planning. I'm your two o'clock. You're my two o'clock call. <laughs> Hey friends, thanks for joining in today to hear a little bit from Katie Alexander and Katie Budson about what it looks like to follow Jesus in their own lives. We hope that you are encouraged and uplifted from our conversation and that there was something that you can take back to your own circle and keep talking with your real life friends. If you want more from the Katies, you can follow us on Instagram at keep talking with the Katies or visit our website at www.kt2keeptalking.com where we put up show notes, some photos, and an opportunity to purchase our t-shirt of the month, which helps start the conversation in your own circles. Thank you for joining our conversation today, and we hope you keep talking.